is episode 35 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Joelle Huck. Should we start with the who, the what and the where? Okay. <laughs> who are you? Uh, uh, I'm Jewel Huck. Welcome. Uh, we are in a park just south of the South Bank. Uh, it's Where like, I take all my dates. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. It's, it's home turf for you. <laughs> this is the first time I've been to this park. <laughs> Will Pedro be along with a suspicious looking drink in a minute? <laughs> hey, you know I'm classy. I've got, a, I've got all that... Uh, Locked down, yeah. <laughs> and Lionel Richie appears behind us in a you know, few couple of hours. I'm thinking fountains, I'm thinking, you know, it's all... It's all <laughs> String quartet? I mean, it depends how it's going, you know? Uh, you might find I'm easier than that. <laughs> I might not bother. <laughs> yeah, it's all right, Lionel. It's all right. It won't be necessary tonight. <laughs> anyway... Yeah. Um, so we are here in this lovely park. Yes. Uh, to talk about you. Yeah. And in particular, improv. Oh, improv. Yeah, don't talk about the rest of me. That's not. <laughs> I can talk about the rest of you. You feel the need to share about it, the things you feel guilty about or just need to get off the chest and we're here for you. Uh, well. Me uh, and the listeners here. <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, maybe later when I'm a bit more. We built a foundation of trust. Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, you're one of those people. <laughs> you want a foundation of trust before you give me the interesting yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well we've started on the right we presume to know each other apart from all that bit where I was going well who are you then uh, yeah. oh can I say <laughs> see the who what we're thinking right, that annoys me actually uh, <laughs> because um, because I've seen plenty of scenes go well without clearly defined any of them sometimes or without clearly defined one or two of those things and so like when I'm trying to do a scene with someone and you know we figuring out what it's about and looking for answers within my scene partner and them to me and so it's like I don't also want to have to think of like I don't want to have to tick off a checklist as well in my head um, so I just you know I just like to figure it out with between my scene partner and I, I, I like this sort of slow exposition of a scene uh, so uh, for instance, it, it would annoy me to be in an exercise where you go, oh, find your who, what, where in your first three lines. Ah, it's a contrivance. It's not, it's not discovery. It's, ah, it, yeah. So, yeah, that, um, that annoys me. And there are experienced improvisers howling at me right now, <laughs> if they're listening. Hello, uh, people I've just offended of, about their teachings. Uh, <laughs> I, think they're all, I think they're all different techniques. And some are for some people and some are for yeah. other people. So, you know, it's, I think it's useful to be aware of these things. And if it works for you, brilliant, go for it. And if yeah. it doesn't, you can, there's other ways you can approach yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's a, that should be what I should be, my wiser self would say. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just too angry <laughs> to be tolerant. No, I, what, uh, what I'm too angry for is to be told what to do. Um, <laughs> I take, exactly, it's, your, uh, it's what you've just said about, I think it's, yeah, assemble toolkits, gain what you can from other people in terms of what they think works and 
in what different contexts because uh, in one sense improv is all the same and in another there's different expectations for different shows and stuff um, but yeah I don't I don't know if the who what where works for me I like just thinking about the who and having the what where emerge naturally for instance yeah uh, yeah so that's a bugbear of mine that I've uh, disclosed up top um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what are your other bugbears? <laughs> uh, how long have you got? Um, about 45 minutes to an hour is about <laughs> usual. Um, right, another thing. <laughs> uh, let, let, no, let's start this on a positive. Okay, right? let's, let's, let's start this on a positive mode. No, right. not conflict directly. <laughs> no, fair enough. Okay, so you're, uh, we'll get into that later. So you're involved uh, with various groups at the moment. Uh-huh. Well... <laughs> Uh, two, and then a thing I do by myself. That uh, sounds like various to me. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do envy, like, there's people that are in loads of stuff. Like, I listened to your episode with Brendan, who's in all sorts. Arfie's in, like, half the groups in the city. <laughs> Keith was in loads. Uh, where did you find the time? Um, uh, but no, I, I do envy people that get to do loads of different styles, and it's all stuff that they like, and, yeah, there's still stuff. Uh, as much as I'm in and I'm really grateful for, there's still stuff that I feel like I'm missing out on that I enjoy doing. Um, what do you feel you're missing out on? Um, long form, for one thing. Um, I'm in Story Kitchen, which performs theatre sports. Uh, I'm in uh, Too Many Luggage, a new, new musical group. Wow. Uh, uh, which is going really, really fun. I'm really chuffed with that. Tell me about Too Many Luggage, then. Uh, too Many Luggage. Um, so you're doing the Hoopla Musical course, aren't I you? I am, yes. Have you finished? Or? We have one more uh, this week, and then it's the showcase on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> yes, no, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah, so we did the first one of those with Maria and Phil, and uh, a few of us got together afterwards to form this group. Uh, Brilliant, because yeah. I, I was at the showcase for that, which I really enjoyed. Ah, uh, good, yeah. The, yeah, that was like one of my highlights of the year. It was so much fun, that showcase. I, and the whole course, really. I, I enjoyed us as classmates so much, and yeah, it's just lovely, and I love to sing. And, <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. Um, so how did you make the transition from, hey, we are all getting on well in this class, to, you know, forming a group? Um, a few of the guys knew each other from before and had uh, tried to be a group which uh, didn't take but they still kept the flame alive within themselves. Uh, and then they asked a few others in the class, um, you know, we we certainly want to keep this going and musical improv. Uh, and um, they, they asked me and I said, oh, hell yeah, I absolutely want to keep it going as well. Um, so we just... Um, figured out who would be interested uh, and the I guess the few of us that were uh, driving it just said hey we've got rehearsals time and space and you know let's do a doodle poll to see when the, when a good day of the week is for everyone and yeah. we did that um, so yeah we've been we've met for um, regularly on like Mondays and uh, we'd uh, had the odd extra coaching session as well and managed to do a really good first show as well recently so so where are you rehearsing um in chiswick all oh, right yeah uh, 
don't know if anywhere in Chile. What's <laughs> going on there? Um, it's at uh, the arts ed school where one of us has a uh, way into. Ah, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, and like until then, I'd never been to that part of London, and it seems alien to me. <laughs> um, I'm from Inner East London, uh, and yes, it looks like what you're picturing in your head. Um, <laughs> And uh, Chiswick's just this really pretty, impossibly pretty suburb with lots of shops of babies' clothing and little bookshops. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd raise a family there if you wanted uh, your kids to grow up without any trouble in life. <laughs> Which just sounds, yeah, no, I yeah. quite sold it to me actually. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be quite nice. <laughs> I also love tiny bookshops and I mean, different to, to baby's clothes, to be honest. Oh, but, no. um, right, so and so when you do those rehearsals, um, how do you rehearse? Have you got someone accompanying you? or? Uh, yeah, um, one of us uh, had his friend come along to watch our showcase. He's a, a pianist who, who plays for groups. I, I think he sort of does, they play improvised as well. Uh, but uh, he got interested in being our accompanist and learning to sort of on the fly learning to be an improvising yeah brilliant do you want to give him a name check uh this is johnny harrison hey johnny um, <laughs> uh yeah and he's sort of just uh picking it up from scratch and sort of learning to read when a scene's ready for underscoring wow. or ready for a song and he'll kick it and um yeah he's he, he makes he's been uh, i've really enjoyed some of the choices he's made musically and there's some of our run-throughs that we do at rehearsal and, uh, just really enjoying being in that group, man. Um, yeah. Uh, so we've had our first show, and may we have many more. Um, Where was your first show? Uh, it was uh, uh, Tuesday Chuckles, which is a night that's on at um, Aces and Eights. All oh, right. Uh, you, you spoke to Heather Shaw a while back, and yes. she she has a night there. Yes. Uh, so comedy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I went to that re recently. It was really fun. So do go. Hey Heather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, what another another of our group has a contact there who at the Tuesday Chuckles night, and she got us a slot. And uh, yeah, that went uh, really really well. Um, and you were you were an improv group in a what sort of night? Was uh, it, it's mixed. So improv and stand up. Uh, yeah, and character as well. And how, how was the sort of the reaction to like, oh, these guys are going to sing? <laughs> um, uh, we, we were well received, I thought, and um, certainly we did good work. And uh, yeah, people afterwards, oh, that's really good, well done. Uh, Excellent. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it's uh... <sighs> great. That sounds great. I mean, and it's also really nice that you've got somebody, a musician, coming in because um, who's kind of learning to improvise. Because from a selfish point of view, the more people out there, uh, the more improvising musicians there are, the more people there are potentially to accompany me. So, <laughs> yeah. well done for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now that he's got a shout on your show, he owes you something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how this show works. Yeah. I just... People get mentioned, then they're indebted to me, and then I force them to this, work with this me. This is a racket, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm an unwitting accomplice. Um, I'll never lift this guilt down. D do not appear on this show if he asks. It's do about, not appear on this show. It's a Faustian bargain. It's... <laughs>
<laughs> so I, I, I sold my soul for a little extra sort of publicity. I don't know. <laughs> it was a bargain. <laughs> I'll become a dramatically worse improviser after this. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I take I a piece of your soul. Exactly. I, I can't do relationship improv anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just got to drop all that and be a premise-based guy. <laughs> which is perfectly legitimate. Which is fine, yes. <laughs> uh, which uh, I've been learning at the Free Association as well, which has been really fun. Well, uh, what's it like with the Free Association? I haven't done any of their stuff. I've always wanted to, but I've just, you know, you know um, time, money. <laughs> uh, there will always be time to do the things you want to do. <laughs> my, uh, one of my best friends has that on a poster or, and, like, it's a, it, the words, those are the words on his poster and like the picture is of some beautiful waterfall in Bangladesh and uh, and it's uh, it's really nice to see it when I go around and see him but also odd given his personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, the FA isn't going away anytime soon so. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and yeah, great for the London scene because they're doing such great and fun stuff. Um, yeah, it is really fun and it'll flex improv muscles that you might not normally. Um, you learn to do premise-based improv. So premise-based improv, what's that? Um, so, uh, it's, again, like this is going to be how I understand yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there's organic improv where you uh, discover what a scene is about from within the scene. Uh, it, that's how I think of it. And then there's premise-based improv where um, a person will have an idea for a scene uh, on roughly how they want it to go, what they want it to be about. So that becomes how they open it, or that uh, channels into how they open it. So um, I was just about to walk into giving an example. I can't think. Of it. <laughs> uh, uh, I could be, uh, oh, Dad, don't be mad. I've broken your vinyls, or something. So yeah, the the so in in hearing, don't be mad. You know your the expectation is you're going to be mad. Uh, yeah. All right, yes, okay, that's interesting. Uh, so yeah, you off. I guess yeah, you offer your scene partner a clue as to what you want the scene to be about and what you want from them in return. Whether you want them to be a straight man to your ridiculous idea or to join you as a pea in a pod thing. Uh, so yeah, all these sort of um, techniques and hoovering, been hoovering up at the FA. Uh, yeah. So did the Game of the Scene course with Graham Dixon and uh, learning learned the Harold with, or their approach to the Harold anyway, with Mike Orton Tolliver and Jim Woods. Um, a lot of the reason I uh, wanted to learn at the FA is because I'd seen Mike and Jim's uh, two prof a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're amazing, aren't they? It's just, they so, are. So rapid. And... They are. <laughs> I was just thinking about this particular show okay. that I saw them do, um, and uh, I thought that I'd wasted those two hours of my life watching Rocky Four. <laughs> I thought, that's a waste, they're two hours I'll never get back. And then they did this whole show with Rocky Four informing it, and it was just like, you know that that uh, my life has been building up to this moment. Okay, so yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'd have enjoyed the set anyway. Yeah. But if I if I hadn't seen Rocky Four, but having seen Rocky Four, I was like, this, this is was, amazing. Yeah. So all your mistakes and your struggles. And, yeah, it turns you know, out that that's the journey. Yeah. It's, it's what you have to go through. 
It is, yeah. <laughs> so Lighthouse Family or something. <laughs> 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 Turn to Mike and Jim for if you want any reconciliation for all your dark. I mean, they're very much the Lighthouse Family of the. <laughs> 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 I don't know if they'll ever speak to me now. <laughs> I just afloat it. Oh, man. I mean, in a good way. <laughs> it is positive. Hey, I like Lighthouse Family. That's very... Uh, and Tunde's voice is uh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. It's Tunde's name. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd learned stuff at DFA and uh, um, I'm, I've got on... Uh, well, yeah, a bunch of us have got an aud- auditions for a new house team they're assembling. Oh wow! So yeah, um, I don't know. I doubt I doubt I'd get it because there's so so many really funny and talented students at the FA that have been such a joy to play with. And um, uh, I'm just gonna have fun at the audition uh, at yeah. least. And um, and uh, like uh, the class I did and uh, the the class that ran parallel to us as well like we've been we've got together a couple of times since finishing our courses to just uh, do Harold practice wow. as well so um, yeah again just working on the, the entirety of the approach and sort of how to get a nice pull from monologues or other openings um, how do you get a good pull from a monologue or other opening um, <laughs> if I knew uh, <laughs> what are we sitting here talking to <laughs> um, uh, you, uh, so your op- I guess in your opening whatever it is like um, usually at the FA it's monologues because like it's for them it's the best and certainly for me it's the best anyway um, like um, the, the openings will allude to somehow they will allude to characters or people with weird absurd points of view right. and um, so you're having noticed that that'll usually you'll notice it because it got a little a, a laugh from the audience and you'll notice that and you go okay now how do I how do I open a scene with that point of view in a way that really sh- sh- shines it up and gives the gives a subsequent scene some real legs? Wow, that sounds hard. <laughs> it, can quite, uh, it kind of it obviously like it gets easier the more you do it, the yes. more you do in the class and so. Yes. Um, Jim's uh, Jim's time on an example for us is like um, if you want to if you want to uh, explore the. Uh, weird point of view of a McDonald's employee that thinks it will be a good idea to serve dog turd burgers um, you you wouldn't open it with your scene partner as the manager because he just tell you to sod off and you haven't got a scene there you might open it instead with a colleague who presumably likes you and is willing to hear you out for long enough to sustain a scene right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and to sort of be your straight man and argue it with you it sort of show you where it's ridiculous and you've just got to maintain your point of view somewhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully a more accomplished player will come along to uh, <laughs> to set me straight. <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded a good description and I haven't done much um, premise based uh, improv. Mm. I think I mean partly my concern is that if I need an idea before I step on stage 
I will never step on stage. <laughs> and that I will step on stage first and then, you know, something will come to me or we'll find the scene together. But if yeah. I have to have an idea before I do that, I'll still be on the sidelines by the end of the show. <laughs> oh, um, like, the teachers are uh, really great there, though, because, so, like, um, they'll, they'll, like, if you're if in class your premise didn't lead to a really fulfilling scene then they'll explore it with you in terms of how to create that so they'll ask you um what is it what is it you're pulling from from the monologue say mm. and you'll say and you say what it is that you found interesting uh and then uh and then it just just talk back and forth with you as to uh so then what's the weird funny point of view and uh uh, you figure it out, and then and then they'll invite you to try again, oh. uh, and they'll tell you and your scene partner that supported you there. Uh, imagine that we haven't had this conversation. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, wipe the ram clean, um, and yeah, and give you every chance to open and have your scene out in a way that wor works in the end, uh, which is really cool because it's like there's no. It makes you feel like there's no bad idea in itself. Um, it's just you've got um, got to ex sort of explore it in the way, right way, or open mm. it in such a way that can be it can be explored for, in a fulfilling way. I think, uh, yeah, and that's sort of really encouraging uh, to learn that you know your choice and your instinct is usually good, and you just need to refine what you then do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, they're really, really just awesome and skilled at doing that. Uh, so yeah, really grateful to have learned on them. Hooray! So in addition to um, the FA stuff, you're also, as you mentioned, um, playing theatre sports. Yes! yes What's yes, that yes, like? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, it is so much fun. I'm, I just thought about on the way here, just... Um, how much fun I would have missed out on if I hadn't sent that first email to Faye going, yes, I'd like to be on that workshop, please. Um, so, yeah, so Story Kitchen, we're taking over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've, we've got, yeah, 20-odd improvisers and many other brilliant people like uh, Phil Lunn and Tom Hodge have accompanied us and um, Tom Bacon's done tech for us and... Um, yeah, so we, we we perform monthly at the Miller um, on Saturday, which is a huge thing to get to do. Yes. Um, and we have the whole night to ourselves to do our matches. Um, and we rehearse the week or the fortnight before. And in, that in the time in between, we get together with our teams that we've been cast into and work out what our team's um, theme and premise is going to be. Uh, and you know, just have loads of fun coming up with challenge ideas or uh, potential handles for scenes and games we might want to play in our um, in our matches. Liaising with the other team as well because the match is a collective endeavour, it's not a competitive thing. Uh, and uh, just uh, coordinating with them as to, you know, creating a good overall match and what we want to achieve in the match. We, we, we might have collective goals for it. Uh, so yeah like it and it's just so much fun being among that cast and all those people uh, and you know soaking up the goodness of 
more, much more experienced improvisers as well. And <laughs> everyone's, uh, you know, really cool and nice to each other, which is, which is not always the case in this harsh, harsh world. Really. Uh, uh, you, you're, you're trying to get me there undercover, so you're trying to get me to open up. Uh, I am. If, if he, listener, you could only see my eyes. He's, it's they're, they're they're burning holes in my. This, 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 <laughs> these are my supportive eyes. These oh. are my, you know, if, if you did want to cry, I'm not saying <laughs> you should, but if you did, uh, it would be good. Uh, Maybe it would help you. Ah, <laughs> oh, you make it better. You almost got me. <laughs> no. Sorry, listener, I almost got behind his no, armour yeah. there, but no. He'll, he'll try again in uh, 20 minutes, and this time he'll put his hand on mine as well. <laughs> he'll be like, we're here for you. Yeah. Me and all the listeners, we're, we're behind you, yeah. supporting you. <laughs> in these moments of, do you want to cry now? Uh, uh, and so is Lionel Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, but, oh my God, Story Kitchen, I'm so, so excited to be on that team. And um, we've got our, our last uh, Theatre Sports show of the season uh, on Saturday so that will have happened already yes. this wouldn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then also we've got um, a few slots in the Miller Comedy Festival next week as well cool. so uh, with that it's gonna there's gonna be a 40 minute match on each of Wednesday Thursday Friday so it's gonna be as if uh, Wednesday and Thursday are semi-finals two teams each and oh. winning teams will get to play again on Friday in the final. Wow. Um, yeah, so, and and that's the opening slot on each of those days, so we get to open for some really great acts on, later on in, on each night as well. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> that's a bull. What is that? I'm not good at recognising dog breeds. That was quite a scary-looking dog. <laughs> yes, that's the scary breed, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's excited about uh, theatre sports and we'll yeah. see him there on Saturday. <laughs> Down the front. Yeah. I've <laughs> handed him a flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the consummate monster. <laughs> Faye would be so proud of me if that were true. <laughs> it's true, Faye. I, <laughs> I saw him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you spoke to... Yeah, of course you spoke to Faye. Yes. Faye Brown, our director. Yes, I did. Yes. Previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and... Um, yeah, learning a lot about theatre sports from her and also uh, from Patty Styles, who came over to do a bunch of courses and did a special top secret uh, theatre sports workshop with us as well. What did she do in the top secret theatre sports <laughs> um, workshop? Um, help. <laughs> I'm like a spy. Watch me get through his reserves. <laughs> And I'm just too naive and gullible. Too. <laughs> I'm too open is my problem. It's just, just you and me here sitting in the park. No one else no, will know. No, no, no. Can I hear leaves rustling? Is that... No? All right, okay, I'll keep talking then. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, with in that one, um, she gave us a much clearer sort of understanding of uh, Keith Johnston's vision for an ideal for the format, and that's what we're trying to adhere to. And... Uh, I, I know Faye talked to you about how other uh, theatre sports companies around the world have sort of uh, ruined it for him or uh, ruined what diluted yes uh, that's the most generous word for it I think um, his phrase is 
uh, one of his phrases for it is, is uh, in terms of how disappointed he's been with that is that they pissed on the altar. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't want to do that. I, uh, that sounds horrible <laughs> on so many levels. There is no way in which that sounds attractive. <laughs> it's like, I mean, when I was first um, learning about the format through our first few uh, sort of rehearsals and shows and stuff, there were things that initially struck me as... Uh, well, just I uh, either I didn't like them or I didn't. I thought they were superfluous. But then, the more you do shows, and the more you get to understand them. Like uh, the rescue horn. I don't know if he talked to you about this. Explain it for those that might not. Um, uh, so, if we're in a, if we're watching scenes in a theatre sports match, um, judges who judge the scenes on how good they thought they were um, have the option of sounding the rescue horn, uh, not the rescue, it's just the horn I think now. Uh, oh right. Don't pat, he's talked to us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, she uh, got us to buy nicer sounding horns. Really? <laughs> wow. So, like, uh, uh, out of a fear that the, the horns that we had up to that point were a bit too harsh and dismissive yeah. of the ears. Wow. Uh, so there's a not more pleasant, almost cartoony sounding horn we've got now. That's lovely. Which is nice. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a nicer way to be dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, the idea for it is that if... Hello. <laughs> Sorry, this, <laughs> Another is the, dog. this is the most <laughs> dog-filled podcast we've ever recorded. <laughs> oh, the, sh- the show's about them now. So <laughs> shall we just do dogs? Just talk about dogs. <laughs> so, yes, so the horn. Matty uh, um, Styles got you to get a nicer sounding horn. Yeah. Uh, and we practiced again how to accept the horn with gr- good grace, with a positive smile on our face and almost a, oh, a, and a thank you to the judges. Because, like, the judges aren't trying to tell you off by issuing yeah. the horn, they're trying to help you yeah. out. Um, help you out of a scene that isn't going very well to perform in or for, to observe or yeah, just to protect you in fact. Yes. Um, and yeah, the horn is there and the host introduces it as the warning for boring <laughs> to the audience. So uh, yeah, so initially uh, I, I'm, I don't think I'm the only person who felt that the idea of the horn being there at the back of your head might uh, make you a little more anxious as a player and worried about it uh, and you know anxiety is really the enemy for improv I think and just prevents you from doing good stuff but um, in, in it's in, you know in recent months I've just uh, in my to myself I've gone um, I'm gonna well I'm, if I want to play as if the horn isn't there and therefore rid myself of inside just imagine that the horn isn't there and then I can just get on with doing a good scene yeah and then Hopefully, I'm in good enough scenes that it may as well not be there. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I just uh, don't. I try not to think about the fact that it's there, basically, and just uh, try and think about uh, doing uh, good scenes and uh, connecting with my scene partners and having fun. Uh, so, so, so the horn, for instance, is one thing that initially would strike you as, uh, uh, you know, the enemy of. But then it turns out there was, you know, Keith Johnston did have a legit vision for it, or for the basket as well, or for scoring in the first place. What's the basket? Um, the, <laughs> the basket is uh, again at the top of the match. The host introduces the basket as to be issued to any players for lewd, crude, or inappropriate behaviour. Oh, really? So, yeah. So. Um, 
So if an improviser, say, uh, swears or is quite offensive, uh, especially out of context of the scene, uh, then then at the end of the scene the judges might call that player to the stage to receive the basket and to have to wear it for and then sit out the duration of their team's next scene. Really? Uh, wow. That's uh, an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, Why is that, do you think? Um, the idea is that I think uh, Keith Johnson wanted Theatre Sports to be a family-friendly show. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't want then for players to have to censor themselves within scenes. Right. So, so that they could still play with all the same freedom as you would want to when you're performing. Uh, so, you know, you can get on with a scene and if you happen to swear, you happen to swear. And there's some mechanisms for dealing with that. So any unease the audience might feel for having just seen lewd, crude or inappropriate behaviour is diffused in a nice way with this silly basket on the head. <laughs> and you receive it with, you know, either yeah, uh, mischievous, oh, what, what did I do, Gov? Or, <laughs> or just, uh, yeah, fair enough, I deserve that really. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice way to diffuse possible tension from having witnessed the lewd, crude or inappropriate behaviour of someone who was improvising and... Uh, shouldn't have to censor themselves and therefore restrict what they can do in a scene. Ah, right. No, that's a that's a really interesting technique that I've not heard before. Yeah. Yeah, I think more teams should adopt it. Uh, <laughs> no. Do <you>? yeah? no. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they want to, they can, and it'll be certainly really fun, fun to see. I'm not prescribing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I suppose it depends on the team and if they're always going lewd, rude, and crude. Yeah. It's like, I, that's fine, that can be very funny, but I don't necessarily want to see every scene no. in that genre. I know. That's what I'm, yeah. Maybe I could bring my own basket along and then, no, that would seem As weird. an audience member? Yeah, and sure. just yeah. present them with a basket afterwards. <laughs> you, you were too rude. Yeah. Here's a basket, would you please wear it on your head? So, would that be all right? Um, give it a try. Yeah, I'm not that bothered. No. Um, um, but, you know. How about a potted plant? Give them a plant. <laughs> that might reward them. That might send them further down the direction of uh, where I don't want them to go. Yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, people do swear in improv because, you know, improv is a, you know, getting up on stage and doing what we do is a scary thing and yeah. their swearing feels powerful. Uh, that's my take on it. Um, yeah, and also, I sometimes I'll play a character who would naturally swear more than I would. Yeah. That's liberating. To not be yourself, and then yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a few. Having heard a few of the episodes, quite a few people have said, you know, particularly as introverts, they get to do, you know, play outside of that introverted skin for a while and do different things. Isn't it nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It saves us from having to be so damn nice and reasonable to each other all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can you can be that strict parent and thereby resolving any issues you had with your own. Yeah. <laughs> He's touching me. <laughs> it's in the contents of that story. <laughs> I know. It's as much worse than it actually was. Uh, and that was all, a, all he done was... A supportive touch on the shoulder that's there. All you I'm just hoping you... he was going to cry, but uh, I mean, not cry in a bad way. Uh, oh, God. I can't interpret that as a supportive touch now. Because <laughs> I've been tagged out so many times. That's what it is. He yeah, just tagged me out, like of, tagged you out of my own episode. <laughs> just get someone else in the park <laughs> if they want to talk about improv. <laughs> <laughs> 
perhaps one of the dogs would like to take over. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, thank you, Stu. Uh, I, I needed your support at these uncertain times. Uh, yeah. Well, we're here for you. Yeah. Oh. Me and all the listeners, we're, oh. all, we're all here for you. Thank you. So let's, let's travel back in time. <laughs> yeah. Please, do we have to? <laughs> yes, let's check you not, not all the way to... Uh, I, I was born in Myland Hospital. How was that? Um, well, I, was, I, I can't remember it, but I think my mum found it quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was eight pounds. That's not bad. And she was 18. <laughs> Stu's eyes just went so wide. I wasn't sure whether that was her weight or her age. No, she was her age. Because <laughs> <laughs> 18 pounds is quite... I would say that's not very much. Not for a mother, no. <laughs> not for anyone, for, really. For a baby, a newborn, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, for a newborn, but it would be yeah, weird yeah. if a newborn was... Eight, yeah. Not to judge those. No, there's no, no judgment here. No, not at all. No, no, no. <laughs> we... Uh, put a disclaimer in the show notes is that what you're yeah, <laughs> there is no judgment here <laughs> people can read it in the show notes although if if people want to feel better we are now both wearing baskets so. <laughs> <laughs> yes of course not wearing baskets oh wow really? <laughs> put these on our heads um uh right yes our hoopla is where i began really yeah how unusual <laughs> maverick <laughs> tales yeah <laughs> someone started I was um, doing singing courses with uh, City Academy. Oh, right. That's uh, interesting. It is, and it's fun. And if people want to sing more, uh, they should try those. I was um, looking at a musical theatre uh, as a one-day course at Morley College. Okay. And I thought, that looks a lot of fun. But wouldn't it be restrictive to actually have to sing an actual song? Wouldn't actually be in some ways harder learning an actual song than making one up. <laughs> Do you think so? Well, it's only because I've got a lot more experience of making a song up than <laughs> trying to sing somebody else's. Um, for me, it's actually a lot easier because, like, you don't have to uh, think of the lyrics as you're singing them. It's, uh, to you, they may as well be certain sounds to certain notes, uh, and they're not necessarily ideas that you're making up. Yes. If that makes any sense at all. Like, you don't have to understand, say, somewhere over the rainbow what the, you know, what it means lyrically or anything, what it means to the characters in the moment, to be able to sing it. It's just a, a string of uh, different sound, different variations of la and so and whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, point being, uh, yeah, I find it much easier to... At least I find it much easier to sing a pre-written song well than I do improvising them. Like I can improvise a song, uh, and I and hopefully I can sing well. But to have to do to be able to do both is a little trickier. Yeah, 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 yeah I suppose so. Because it's just using a lot of uh, a lot of your brain already to have to concoct a whole song to yourself. Yes. Although, like, if you're learning it, you learn lots of ways to make it easier on yourself. Like. Uh, really simple choruses for instance uh, yes. um, and not being a slave to rhyme yes. uh, all, all those uh, things which you know you will learn on a musical improv course which everyone should do <laughs> yes well I enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily think just because I enjoy something everyone should do it though um, 
then maybe you're more dogmatic. <laughs> no, I, I maybe am you're, not. you're more convinced <laughs> that you're right. <laughs> um, anyone can do who, what, where if they want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I feel restricted by... Um, <laughs> Uh, where were we? Yes, so... You were doing singing at City Academy. Yeah, and uh, after class, after classes, we'd uh, go have the odd drink and uh, we'd talk to each other about other stuff we're doing. And one of my classmates said she was learning improv at Hoopla. And I couldn't believe that there was such a thing. Because, you know, I'd, I'd loved Whose Line Is It Anyway as a kid. Uh, and then also while I was at uni watching clips of the US Who's Line on YouTube and stuff, I had no idea that that's a thing that regular people could do or that, or that it could be done in London. I thought it disappeared with Who's Line here. Um, but yeah, I looked it up and oh my God, you could, people can, real people like me can actually, <laughs> I can actually do this, sign my ass up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did, I signed up uh, and um, it's really funny, I was really just buzzing and really looking forward to doing it. And it was at the rag factory off Brick Lane and uh, I grew up off Brick Lane. So, oh, right. so it was uh, really nice to be at my old stomping ground again. <laughs> so the whole time I'm buzzing and really looking forward to this until I get on to, like until maybe two minutes before the class and I'm nearly there. At which point I realised there's going to be other people there. <laughs> there's going to be other people there. They're going to. They're also going to be at this class and they're going to be watching me and judging me and <laughs> dis um, deciding that, that I suck or that I'm not funny or whatever. Uh, all that goes away when you've had your first class with Maria Peters and yes. she's made you all feel quite safe with each other and with yes. her. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah. I, I mean, I say this very regularly um, on the podcast, but just getting along to your first improv class mm. is a big achievement. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, easy yeah. once you're a little bit further down the path when you've done a few shows or whatever to, to forget. Yeah. Actually just going along to that first class. Isn't it so easy to sort of devalue your achievements so long yes. after you've, like, yes, do that is. all the time and you go... Um, yeah, so there'd be stuff that I've done quite often now that I'd, I'd completely forgotten how much it put me in knots inside the first time. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, you don't often enough revisit the, those memories and go, you did a really good thing there for who you were at the time. Yeah. You give yourself a pat on the back for those things. Yeah. More of the time I'm tied up in my head about the things that I'm now apprehensive about. Yeah. And going, oh, do I have the courage for this? Uh, when you've got a, you know, arguably your whole life as a body of evidence to go, you've done this, then you did this, then, um, yeah. So those those you thought those things were too hard for you, and they weren't. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they were, and you didn't die. Yes. Um, and then you kept doing them, and you got comfortable with them, um, which you which is probably a bad thing and maybe you're not stretching yourself enough in there. That's why you're now apprehensive about the next step you've got to take. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, maybe the, each next bit of doubt is a sign of how far you've come really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I felt that way about uh, Player One the first time I did that, for sure. Tell us about Player One, <laughs> your solo uh, short form. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did that for the first time at a launch pad last month. Um, Basically, right, as uh, soon as I'd uh, 
gotten into improv well enough that I knew I wanted to do it more and more of it and I wanted to watch more of it. Like, I'd seen loads of, not loads maybe, I'd seen many acts and some of them were soloists that Im just impressed the hell out of me. People like uh, uh, Ginny Lyons is such an inspiration, yes. for instance. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's amazing that she's on Story Kitchen as well and we're learning from her too. Uh, John maybe I think yes. we saw his first ever solo yeah, show didn't we was wasn't it and I've seen him recently again and yeah he's no less brilliant uh, Nick Oram and his Playmobil players what <laughs> show that is I saw that early on as well um, yeah <laughs> just the idea of it makes me laugh <laughs> uh, uh, saw him do it recently at the Miller and it's like uh, all he asked in terms of tech was that the lights be completely blacked out because he would illuminate the stage, which is a vinyl record, with a lamp that he brought along. And that really sucks you into just that one spot of light in among the darkness. And, and on this vinyl record, he's got all the, the Playmobil figurines in there. And after enough time of really great, solid relationship improv, you completely forget you're watching toys. <laughs> you, you think you're watching real people <laughs> so, uh, but yeah I'd, I'd watched enough uh, soloists to be blown away by their technique and their composure um, and to go uh, to be really admiring of and envious of them and go one day I'd really love to uh, you know be in that you know hallowed echelon of solo <laughs> like and then so I'd had that the flame dimly lit inside me for very early on. And then enough time, after enough time of doing Story Kitchen and doing, uh, including in that some short form games, which I, which I guess I hadn't done at all since uh, the first Hoopla performance showcase, right? And uh, just remembering how fun those flipping games are, right? And after all, I'd, I'd loved Who's Line, and it's pretty much why I uh, got interested in improv at all. and. Um, um, so I wanted to, I did want to assemble a short form group, uh, so just to be really, f uh, just fun to do over a weekend and without necessarily any dreams of conquering the world or anything, just so people that I like playing with and can have fun together and then go to the pub afterwards. Well. <laughs> and then, it's, and then one day just the two thoughts decided they would collide in my head and go, why don't you just do it? It would save me the trouble of asking people to be in a group with you. <laughs> for, yeah, rehearsals would be a lot easier to yeah. organise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man, herding cats, isn't it? <laughs> um, and, but no, just the more I thought of it, the more the idea just made me laugh for its silliness and audacity. <laughs> like, uh, and anyone, anyone I've said to that I do this, like, uh, they have an instant reaction to it as well, which is really positive. <laughs> like, some people are like, well, how does that work? Can you tell them? <laughs> Or some people guffaw instantly. That sounds to me. Uh, yeah. So just the, you know, if the very idea amuses and delights you as much as that, then why shouldn't you bring it to the others? And uh, people have said that, as far as they know, they've not seen anything like that. So what's the format? Uh, it's just um, I play short form games by myself, um, uh, and there'll there'll be scenes with multiple characters, and I'll play all of them. Right. Um, 
uh, and it's just one show old, so it, I feel, it, it feels a bit presumptuous to say that this is a thing that I do rather than this is a thing that I did once. But no, it's going to be a thing that I do for a long, long time just because I, I, like, I feel like it was really well received at Launchpad, certainly people afterwards saying how much they enjoyed it. Uh, so what games do you play on your own? Um, at this first one I did Emotional Quarters. Oh, right. Uh, that's when you divide up the stage into quarters and each... Um, quarter has a different emotion. Yeah, you get and the different emotions from the audience. Yes. Right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, um, might be a good time for a shout out here because I'd picked up the game from watching the Pina Colliders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so um, that launchpad was hosted by Mike Hutchison, who had coached the Pina Colliders and taught them that game. So he <laughs> felt like he felt really satisfied they had come full circle for him. <laughs> that way. Um, yeah, so I did that first, uh, which went okay. Um, I think uh, I, I guess I was still nervous enough to uh, for it to have not gone amazingly. I think it went all right. But so you asked the audience for different emotion for each corner of yep. the stage. Yeah. And then and then also another thing. To, I forgot what it was. It might have been a location. Oh right, yeah. Uh, to then oh was it location? It was about a doctor and a patient anyway. Uh, the scene. Uh, so yeah, I got that as well and did a scene uh, with my two characters moving about the stage, experiencing <laughs> the different emotions. Um, so I did that. So but, how did you differentiate between the two characters? Um, just um, so they'd have had a position on stage, each of them, right? And just moved from one to the other. Right. And if that character wanted to be in a different quarter, I would have to do it while in that character. So, right. And they each had different voices. I think there was a there was a man, man and a male doctor and a female patient. So uh, hopefully my voices for them were different enough. To... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, did you use voices? Yes. How much acting were you doing? Voices, characters. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love characters, so that helps. Um, the next one was New Choice. Uh, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> for which, what uh, what I did was I stole my brother's bike bell. Uh, Would Patty Styles approve of the tone of this bike bell? It was a ding. It was yeah. yeah the, the idea is not to dismiss with new choices, isn't it? It's just to invite a new thing, wasn't it? So uh, uh, I hope it's Patty approved. <laughs> you know, if you're you know if you're buying bike bells on Amazon, there might be a Patty approved kite mark on it I saw a picture of her face with the thumbs up <laughs> the styles kite yeah, mark with, with a big goal with her big old grin and, yeah, <laughs> um, like with new choice what I wanted to do initially was give the audience the bell and give them give it to them under the rule that they get to ding it once but obviously that ding would then force my character whichever character it was that just did something to change the thing they did uh, and I discussed it with a few of this, my Story Kitchen teammates and Ginny suggested that I be the person that does the bell to myself. Nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you're messing with yourself. Yes, hopefully that's the idea. Like, my initial thought for it I, when I heard it was, then wouldn't there be a risk that you're giving yourself an easy time? And then you go, well, I guess you just got to be vigilant and screw yourself over. <laughs> I love that Isn't idea. It like, I love um, that idea. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I was I was I was about sixty forty on doing it that way up until when I got there, and then I decided to commit to it. And I think it went really well. Um, 
I did um, a mother and son at Disneyland and then introduced a third character who was going to prevent the kid from getting on the ride. Um, and um, yeah, so people afterwards said that it did look as though I was surprising myself when I rang <laughs> it, but like I didn't have anything preloaded each time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's what I'd hoped would happen anyway, that um, I would ring the bell when I could predict my next line or two ahead. Right. That yes. would not be acceptable. Now, yes. Would it? So yes. I'd think that no, try to surprise yourself. Uh, so most of the time it was that, and some of the time, which is a bit more ethically grey, is uh, I would say a line, and then soon, pretty much after I'd said it, think of a different thing that I could have said, and then I would just ring the bell and bring that forth instead. Right. Which, like I said, yeah. uh, do you, right. uh, don't want to come down too hard on either side on that issue. I think that's like, they're both valid approaches. If it works for you, uh, done. Yeah, like I feel iffy about it. Uh, I would much rather, I guess, I'd much rather have just entirely done it the first way and to have caught myself out. Uh, yeah, to go. Nope, I can predict that scene. Nope, let's bring it off. Oh shit, I don't have something out. Yeah. I better pull something out of myself. And I did. So that went well enough. And then I'm really proud of the last one, which was the alphabet game. Um, so just played the alphabet game to with with me as both characters. So you're starting each sentence with the letter from the alphabet and then working through the alphabet. After yes, after the line before. It's playing that game that makes me realise I don't know the alphabet quite as well as I first thought. <laughs> how often? I mean, I, I I know if I'm looking for something in alphabetical order, mm. I have to find it. But how often do you recite it aloud? Answer not very no. often once you're an adult. No, and usually not from the middle either. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Try doing it backwards. Imagine that as a game. Stuart's just sharp in take of breath. I'm imagining it. I'm imagining it. I don't like what I'm imagining it, but I'm imagining it. Um, but with that, like, I did the scene sort of slower and more grounded and emphasised the relationship between these two characters, which is not something you see in short form. Which are, And that, that possibility is another thing that excites me about the, having about this uh, show is that I can get to do a short form in a way that is different from how it's usually seen and perceived. Yes. Short form games anyway, because short form in itself, for instance, theatre sports comes under short form, and that is a thing that we do. We, we try and tell stories as well as hopefully being funny and liked as well. So, um, But yeah, with this you can actually do that with short form games like Alphabet or Number of Words maybe. So the number I, of words is the one where you have you can only speak in a certain given certain, number of words. Yeah. Yes, that's hard. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> and yeah, the, obviously the fun with the games is for the audience to see the improvisers navigate the rules and fail to as well. <laughs> yes. Um, so so yeah, I guess for this as well, what I enjoyed was the idea that the audience would enjoy me going through putting myself through sheer hell <laughs> <laughs> yes in a way that's even more fun watching someone do it to themselves than watching someone else do yeah, it yeah, yeah. That's like... 
Yeah, I, I just enjoyed having that image of it in my head and I thought I, I would be happy to offer myself up for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did want to do a fourth game. I did want to do Blind Date, but I'd run up, I'd, uh, wouldn't have had enough time for it apparently because uh, Mike had blacked me out after the third one. So uh, blind Date, how does that work? Um, it, normally it's four players and one is a contestant on Blind Date <laughs> and the other three are people that, sh that are trying to get a date with her but in the improv game uh, they each have a weird quirk or character oh right and okay they've got to bear that fourth in how they play the game uh the way i would have done it as a soloist is uh yeah just that be all the characters <laughs> <laughs> but i almost think that's a 15 minute slot and launch pad on its own <laughs> rather yeah, than uh, one so, of the fourth game you know? yeah so i was I guess I was far too optimistic too much yeah. to try and get it in, in a 15 minute slot. But no, it's, uh, hopefully I get more uh, opportunities to play as player one through, well, through all the time. And um, <laughs> I'll get to pick up more games to add to the repertoire. Uh, I imagine doing bartender, I think that would be quite fun. Bartender is? Um, uh, one character is the bartender and in turn three other characters walk into the bar sing a verse to the bartender and the bartender sings back a verse in reply and it could be congratulations or commiserations or advice for the problem that this has been brought to them and uh, they sing it yes wow so you sing a verse of uh, you know it might be this this character is angry about something what is he angry about uh, the tortoises <laughs> so you sing a four line verse of your anger with about tortoises and the bartender might sing you some advice back or yeah fucking tortoises are, they're, they're just they're bullshit man <laughs> <laughs> or this character is drinking to celebrate something what is it and then yeah oh, that so, sounds really cool uh it's it's a fun enough game to have watched on whose line or wherever i've watched it uh and uh I imagine it would be really difficult <laughs> to do on my own. But that makes it more fun for you and for the audience. Hopefully, it's what I'm going for. Because you're, you know, you're either going to soar or you're going to crash, but either way, it's still going to be, yeah. you know, amazing. If you do it amazingly, that's going to be amazing. Yeah. And if you try it, but you commit to it fully and it all goes wrong, that's also going to be amazing. Yes. So, you know. You go balls out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, obviously, some of the funnest parts on whose line is watching Colin Mockery absolutely tank <laughs> <laughs> yes. for instance um, he's going to be on the Lil show so that's amazing shush what's the Lil show <laughs> it's, I've uh, never heard of that oh damn no you haven't Stu playing <laughs> uh, ignorant observer of improv <laughs> Um, what do they have a podcast of improv on as well? Yeah, I find that hard How to believe. How they very dare they? Did they ask you if they could? <laughs> Did they start before me? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's all. I so this is London Improv Live. It is a show on K to K Radio, a local radio station in Northwest London. Local radio. <laughs> <laughs> he said jealously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't knock at me. Um, so you, yeah, you've been, I've, I've been on that a couple of times. What yeah. was that like? Uh, so much fun. And so <laughs> it sounds <much> terrifying. <laughs> Do you think so? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I just feel. <laughs> no, I mean it is amazing. It's a great show. I do love it. But it's yeah. just like I don't know. I feel like I might be out of my comfort zone. Um, okay. <laughs> Would it, does it sound fun to you? Um, 
being outside my comfort zone. Uh, right, no, forget that not, bit. Not really. I was going no, like to say, because if it control. sounds fun, but it's outside your comfort zone, then you, <laughs> you should do it as well. You know, it's, it's just improv and except no one's looking at you, so you've got to do a little bit more work to give the audience a visual picture of it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's improv and you chase the fun and yes. have lots of fun with the guys who are great. That's Talal, uh, Karkuti and Alex Sibright and Luke Valbona. Hello, guys. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me on twice. Um, and they're going to have uh, Colin on with Steve. With Steve Rowe. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? That is amazing. Oh, man. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to interview Colin Mockery. He's not part of the London scene. Maybe I will. Maybe you... Oh, oh, oh. Is there something you want to... <laughs> Is this a reveal, Stuart? <laughs> no, it's just wishful thinking of my heart, really. <laughs> ben, maybe your dreams come true. I wouldn't go, oh, I'm sorry, Colin. It's just not, you're not within the parameters of the podcast. <laughs> you might be improv, but what are you, London? Sorry. You, you stated your residence as Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I've been prepared to push the envelope of this concept <laughs> to accommodate Colin Mockery. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or anybody else. Oh, but yeah, no, that is anybody well. else. The Dalai Lama does he do? Probably. He could be on. <laughs> Dalai Lama wants to come on my podcast. Yeah. I would probably, you know, he might have a lot to say about it from a mindfulness perspective. He might, he might not. It's a Dalai Lama. <laughs> he wants to be on the podcast. I'd probably let him talk about what he wanted to talk about. I mean, it would be a curious choice. <laughs> I'd be intrigued to know how he'd found out about it. <laughs> and maybe he's trying to do all the, you know, he's trying to do the Destination podcast and he's trying to do the Bad Perspective yeah. podcast. <laughs> the little show and this. Yeah, trying to So get he gets the keys to the Miller. Miller. But it seems a weird choice for the Dalai Lama, but if that's what he wants to do, I'll help him. Yeah. Wonder how he feels about who, what, where. Does yeah. it get in his way or does he need it as a platform building device? I don't know. Yeah, well, if he's on, I will ask him that. Yeah. And I will try and bring the conversation back to improv if he wants to talk about other things. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, he'd be illuminated. Much love, boss man. Uh, <laughs> peace out. <laughs> um, yeah, where were we now? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, well, you were just talking about Colin Mockery being on the Lil Show, oh, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was, it was that Voldemort, was that um, But yeah, I, got, I, I did that a couple of times, once with one of my teammates on Mr. Fridge. Oh, right. Yes. And uh, one, uh, prior to Mr. Fridge, once with Heather Shaw. Hi, Heather, who's... Uh, uh, is that her second mention today? Oh, I, 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 I love Heather to bits. Yes, she's great. I'm slightly a fan girl of her. <laughs> as, well, as are we all. Uh, aren't we all? Uh, yeah, with her lovable Bolton ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, so both those times on the little show were great fun. Uh, and, oh yeah, Mr. Fridge. Oh. Yes, what did you learn from being in Mr. Fridge? Uh, this is the hand gesture I was doing when I was interviewing uh, Heather Urquhart, by the way. Oh, I was the, doing this. this is the my, rainbow, I've seen yeah, it now. This is my rainbow, this is my rainbow thing. <laughs> it's weird. This character raises his hand and then cascades it downward gently in an arc. <laughs> Tell me about that thing. <laughs> that was a thing. Tell me about it. I have a feeling you would never have done that but for the musical course. Uh, you are right. <laughs> the musical um, course has released my inner rainbow, which has now become my outer rainbow. <laughs> so among the courses I did at Hoopla were 
the narrative course for eight weeks with Steve um, and Mr. Fridge formed out of pretty much uh, everyone that was on that course, apart from Nick Oram was on that with really? us. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, he's not going to quit. Do not adjust your stage. Oh, to oh, be, yeah, you know, who, I, whoever they should are. have done. But, whoever they are, yeah. <laughs> do not adjust your what? <laughs> what kind of? <laughs> nope. One of my favourite fucking groups. So good. So good. They are. They um, are. And and great lads as well. It was, it was really a privilege having Nick as a classmate. Uh, and all of the guys as well. Um, and then coming together to uh, continue rehearsing on the same day of week as we did at the class at. That seems to be the way to do it. Yeah. It seems it? to be to continue on that night, ideally in the same rehearsal place, yeah. ideally at the same time. Ideally. Uh, it's just that when we did our classes, they were at the Kobe Nasrul Centre and uh, oh, yeah. close to the Rag Factory. Yes. Uh, but... Uh, I forget where our first few were, probably at the Rag Factory. But then we moved on to the Theatre Delhi. Um, rest in peace. Yes. <sighs> A moment for the <clears throat> Theatre Delhi. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was it. Was it. That, was it yeah. that was enough. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just kept it moving. Same day, same time. Um, practicing narrative improv um, doing it for 15 minute slots because a lot of our early shows were launch pads um, and we would, we'd been getting places at other people's nights and we were, I'm so grateful that they let us do those as well uh, so getting to do 20 and 25 minute stories and hosting our own nights eventually as well yeah. at the Ophelia in Dalston oh, right. um, cool. so we did that a couple of times last year uh, after the second witch they got back to us and said would you consider doing it on a monthly basis brilliant it, yeah it was so brilliant to have been asked and we got can we pull that off and we thought let's try turns out we couldn't because <laughs> 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 oh, obviously no. what happens is you invite your oh ice cream <laughs> ice cream <laughs> runs off the stage yep oh. leaves behind the phone with the mic <laughs> um, Lionel Richie's Mops them up. <laughs> um, it turns out you couldn't. Oh dear. Uh, In what way could you not do well, it? Well, like, you know, when you're uh, first doing improv or you first or yeah. finish a class or whatever, and then you want all your friends to come yeah. and see, and then you sort of you tap out of your friends' goodwill and enthusiasm <laughs> to have seen it. Yeah, they go, but we've seen you do improv before. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but this is different. It, yeah. It's a different show. Yeah. Um, like, I guess one uh, tactic against this would be like to invite some of your friends one time and then some of them another time so that there's enough breathing space between uh, <laughs> that for... Um, but no, that certainly happened uh, for me certainly early on after the first Hoopla courses. I invited my friends to showcases and then to shows with Shark Door or Mr. Fridge. Hey Shark Door, that's uh, my first group. Uh, and then they stop coming. Um, <laughs> Which is, it's, it's nothing to do with you. That is the way of the, the world. The world. It, <laughs> you know. It's their wife. It's their kid. <laughs> it's their job. It's their Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you like laughing? Don't you like experiencing emotions? <laughs> oh, fair enough. 
yeah, I do. I just like my own bedroom more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, nah, I can't begrudge the people. Nice they were nice way. enough to have come in the first place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so that's that. Hap- it's only happened to me where like my friends weren't at my shows for like months. Uh, which actually I found really helpful. Because <laughs> um, I guess when, with people you know, or people that know you, they only know you a certain way. Yes. They don't know the, the whole of you. No. And it's just too easy to, I was going to say regress, but to be that person that yes. they know you as. Yes. Um, and in that context, whereas um, if you're an improviser, I guess you have to be willing to be anything. Yes. any endowment any character and it's hard I think it's harder to do that if you bring if you're bringing your ego on stage with you if you're bringing a perception of you on stage with you yes um, yeah so uh, so like I said I, found, I would find it quite liberating to not have people I know at my shows so that I could be anything I wanted to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. makes sense makes sense yeah because like um, hopefully that's helped me get along really quickly um, I hope men become quite good I think um, yeah to not be under the gaze of people that know me well enough to uh, find it weird that I'm playing a princess now or uh, or a donor yeah. <laughs> but those are your two go to roles yeah um, if you're not sure what to play the scene is Princess or donor? No, I, I, I imagine I'd do that as player one, as a princess with a donor at some point. That seems That's logical. Mm. It seems like the black hole of my improv career. That scene will have amassed so much density. <laughs> in, every, in a sense, everything you're doing is preparation for that scene. Yes. <sighs> I'm sure the Dalai Lama would have something to say about that. Well, he's not here. No, he? it's just me. Um, you mentioned Shark Door. We yes. should talk about Shark Door. Yeah. What was it like being in Shark Door? It was fun. It, um, and uh, it, it was what was amazing is that like uh, we did we did the first few courses together with Hoopla up to the long form course, which we and we'd had a really fun showcase and everything. And yeah, that was the first time I'd had an experience of a bunch of people going, "Let's keep this going and perform." And I remember my reaction my personal reaction being wait so all of a sudden I'm in a improv group <laughs> just <laughs> happened just like that um, and uh, yeah we had many shows launch pads crash pads other people's nights uh, in, a, in quite a short amount of time like in about six or seven months I think uh, and so many of them was uh, so much fun and um, including one time on my actual birthday at Thy Kingdom Comedy when at the end of our set uh, one of my teammates Martin got the whole room to sing happy birthday to me <laughs> which is what the basement of the comedy pub seeing me have <laughs> uh, Jesus I think Bleak Mouse were there as well the natural Harold team <laughs> no, um, but yeah there were many fond memories really enjoyed playing with the guys and uh, Giggle Loop formed out of the same uh class as well wow. and they uh, yeah and they also did a lot of stuff with us as shut door um, and yeah Giggle Loop I guess remain um, 
my best and longest friends in improv because especially because two-thirds of them are also in story kitchen that helps yeah um yeah and the third which is ellie is possibly one of my favorite improvisers she's so fucking funny yeah, so, she is. um uh not to uh, knock the other two <laughs> <laughs> just, I, i'm just i'm just sick of you now having seen you so often <laughs> <laughs> The uh, guests' opinions are not representative oh, necessarily people. of the Improv London podcast. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, so uh, yeah, it was awesome to be in Shark Door, and then I couldn't for personal reasons. And uh, each of the each of the guys there had sort of personal issues that none of us were dealing with particularly well, uh, to the point that uh, the groups. Uh, bonds and friendships were suffering although not the improv strangely I thought it's something we were doing really good work right yeah uh, but personally it came to a point where it's like um, my life sucks in improvs a night and really great thing I do that helps my life sucking less yes I and then for improv to now be a thing that also sucks is just uh, gonna be no I can't do so I, I stopped for a little while just stopped doing it uh, and then mr. fridge happened to form and I was just sort of dragged into it by gravity of, um, yeah. Um, and then Mr. Fridge did really, uh, really well for the last year and a bit. Um, and uh, we've st uh, stopped doing anything now. Uh, just seen, which is fine because too many luggage has formed hot on the heels. Um, but yeah. Um, so, sometimes a group, yeah, seems to have a natural lifespan. You yeah. can't all be not do not just your stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know you learn from that experience. Yeah, and you meet great people along the way. And, you know. and actually, um, I remember towards uh, the end of my time with uh, Sharp Door, I was speaking to Sophie, Sophie Pumphrey, and uh, got to talking to her about just the issues I was experiencing and like the chat uh, she the chat I had with her was so helpful I'm really grateful for her for it uh, starting with the very first question she asked me which was like is this your first group and so her answer yes but even in the question it was um, even having been asked the question I realized that that she used the word first and I thought yeah for, it, it could be first of many you know whatever groups I'm in I know I'm going to be an improviser for a very long time and it just restored a sense of perspective for me. And I went, this group could end. And I needn't necessarily be anxious about that because there's still enough opportunity to be an improviser in London. Uh, there are course jams and there are uh, teams and ways to get into teams. And there are courses, oh, so many courses and great things you can, just so many like uh, ways to do improv uh, that one needn't necessarily be sad about leaving a group in case you were worried that that's the only way you'd get to do improv. It's not going to be like you can put yourself out there to other things, like our wonderful jams like Duck Duck Goose and uh, the C3 jams, the FA's teacher jams as well, the Free Association has those, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, there's performance opportunities out there. It's really great that people put those on for us. Yes. <laughs> Is great. <laughs> uh, yeah, that happened to you on the Saturday mornings a little, didn't it? You came coming up about the same time as yes. Shut Door. Yes. 
yeah. um, and I had a fantastic time and I learnt lots and in the end it ran, it, ran its course but it's, it's much like relationships mm. you know the first person that you date you might be with for 10 years like do not just a stage yeah. but in other times you learn from that experience and then you take some of that experience and then you're yeah. a better person in the next relationship yeah we have this just narrative about relationships that, like, because they've come to an end, they've been a failure, and it's not the case, is it? Uh, no, they they make you different as a person. Maybe maybe they make you better equipped for the one that lasts, if there even has to be a one that lasts. Uh, yeah. So, um, I it could be that my time with any of my current acts is temporary although touch wood they're not because they're amazing to be in um, but um, I needn't be afraid of death <laughs> <laughs> I feel on that message of hope <laughs> yeah thank you very much for coming on the oh, London podcast you, oh, I'm, I'm so honoured you asked me as if my opinion was worth a damn no your opinion was, your opinion was very entertaining and interesting and enlightening thank you very much oh man so I made this that's improv that's improv